bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of a judgment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people... Up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. Frank, candid and straight to the point. This is the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth App. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio at the Avenue in the heart of downtown Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. We're winning 1017. The Truth is the home of Milwaukee Panthers basketball this Friday night. Panthers are at home as they host the Youngstown State Penguins. Coverage begins at 6.30. 7 o'clock tip-off. Truth team will be in full effect Friday night. And announce swag. The Truth Street team is sponsored by UW Credit Union. They're here for every year. So there you go. 833-212-1017 is the number. Before I get to my top five at five, Mercedes is harassing me on the phone. How are you, Mercedes? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Got you back for the last time. See? Uh-huh. You know what? You is so funny. Uh-huh. You is so funny. Yep. Whatever. Yep. But you know what? I was actually just calling just to comment on the um, the literacy article you shared. Uh-huh. Um, I think that it's a good idea that um, people are starting to be more attentive to that, but it also starts at home, like you mentioned. Um, And it does take a village, like you mentioned. We showed a few weeks ago um, the right to read. Right. And one of the things about that documentary that set back with all of us was that it started at home. So we could put a lot of, you know, emphasis on school, but it also does start with the parents and their education and their understanding of where their child is in their educational journey. So now, can I push back on that? Can can I can I can I can I can I clap back? Sure, because you got to get to your five at five. Mm -hmm. So so I get it that it's the parents' job, but there were times when parents could not read, parents could not write. And the kids were sent to school because it's the teacher's job to teach them how to read. So we keep falling mm-hmm. back on on lightening the load for teachers, paying the teachers more money, lightening the load for teachers. At what point are teachers going to actually do their doggone job? Like, it's your job to teach the kid how to read. I don't care how difficult it is. That's why you went to school. 
And I agree with that, right? But what I am also saying is that it's a collaborative effort. No, it's like not. You said. It's, it's a not village. Co- listen, it listen, is. That's garbage. This village garbage we be talking, that's garbage. That was that's a cute way of saying I'm going to I'm going to abdicate my responsibility to raise my child and say I always need help on everything. Our parents never got help. They got talked to by their parents. They got I mean, and, and I, I know there are some instances where that's not true and the community did come in and help. I get it. But at some point, aren't aren't we upset enough to take it upon the burden upon ourselves to make sure our families are taken care of? Because this this that's right. And that's, this community that's thing true. ain't working. It's not working. <laughs> well, like I said, if our kids are going to school and they're being taught, right, and like you said, these teachers, right? It's their job to teach them the to read, not the parents. It, it is their job it's to not teach. the parents' job. It is their job to teach. But nope. they also have 30 nope. to 45 people in their nope. class. So there's different nope. circumstances. It's not because not all because not all classes are like that. I had 30 people in my class from from kindergarten through eighth grade. Never had that problem. Well, it was a different time. It was a different it was a different teacher, too. Yep, that's true. It was a different both, teacher. Both of those things are true, but it does take a collaborative effort. It truly takes a collaborative effort between the parent and the school. Why and isn't the teacher, the teacher being? You don't know what why kind aren't of, we? Stop! Stop! The parent isn't isn't. Um, uh, what am I trying to say? The the parent isn't taught to teach a child how to read. That's the teacher's job. Why are we holding a teacher accountable for not helping a kid learn how to read? Why is that? There's so many different, there's so many different excuses. things that goes into it. Excuses. So many different things. Excuses. Yeah, Tools of the excuses, But there's, there's so many different things excuses. that go into it. And the school system has not been changed in over 200 years. But hey. Nah, it ain't been around that always. long. Come on now. It did change in 1900. It's only been 100 years. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm sorry, 100 years. I put an extra, extra 100 on it, didn't I? Carter G. Woodson tried. Yes, Carter G. Years. Woodson tried. He tried. He's <laughs> still doing the same garbage. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, Mercedes, and I think you're right. However, well, like I said, it's the teacher's job mm-hmm. to teach them how to read. I, I agree with that, but okay. I still think it's a collaborative effort. But, 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 okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. See you later. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 833-212-1017 is the number. Gary, you're on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you fine. I'm doing good. I'm just going, I'm good. I'm just going to make a comment. I'm going to hang up. To say that the load on teachers has been lightened, listen, I know for a fact, Without a doubt, because I worked in a school building, teachers are being asked to do more now than they have ever, ever been asked to do before. And that's just my comment. So that's an asinine statement to make that the load on teachers has been lightened. It's gotten even more difficult for teachers. Okay. And it's an asinine comment for you to make that. How's that? We even now? Like, Here's my point. We keep finding things and reasons why kids aren't learning how to read. Teachers are supposed to teach them how to read. And I'm being general, very general, like like whoever that teacher is that teaches them reading in kindergarten, first, second, third grade. 
So if you take time out of your day and you teach a kid how to read and they're having trouble, that kid needs to have help. There's no reason why a kid gets to third grade and doesn't know how to read unless they have a learning disability or there are some other things going on emotionally, right? Those reasons, which should have been caught and taken care of earlier. So for you to say that, Gary, right, when teachers decided to be teachers, right, I feel the same way about police, firefighters. Stop complaining that you're doing something because everybody wants you to do everything when you decided to take the job. If you don't like being a cop, quit. Turn in your badge, turn in your gun, turn in your credentials, quit and go get another job. But it's the same for teachers, too. It's the, it, it, it's the same for any job. If you don't like it, quit. But if you're in that job, there are certain responsibilities that come with that job. So if you're the literacy teacher and you're supposed to be teaching, well, I know literacy would be after because that's, that's, that would be over and above. If, if, if it's your job to teach a child how to read and they can't, can't read, that's your responsibility. Do the parents help? Sure. In today's world, most parents have to work too long and have to do too many things. And are some parents slipping through and falling and and falling down on the job of parenting? Absolutely. But if we're going to help somebody, let's help them. So they would then make the teachers load lighter by making sure the kid did their reading, did their writing, that kind of stuff. But if we keep saying, take it off the teacher and put it on the oh, it's the parent's fault. Oh, oh, we need to, it's, it's the school, it's the village. It's the, no, you are getting paid 40, 50, 60, 70, $80,000 to teach. If you cannot do it, if you hate it, quit. You're paying a superintendent in Milwaukee over $300,000. You're paying superintendents all over the state, hundreds of thousands of dollars. At some point, if they're not coming through with the product, you got to blame the people that are doing it. Are you working with a bad product? All kids are bad products. I was a bad product. You had to teach me how to read. I talk too much, you know, kind of like I do now. I mean, all that, but that's your job. You signed up for it. And I'm not bashing teachers. I'm saying I get what Mercedes said. You know, some of this does fall on a parent, making sure the kid does their homework and does their reading, reading to your child, stuff like that. But in today's world, you, you can't. You're, you're too busy. You have multiple kids. You got husband. You got wife. You got a job. You got to keep your head above board. You got taxes. You got economy. Like it's, it's, it's almost too much. And people are tapping out. The problem is they're tapping out of school. And when the parents tap out, the kids tap out. And now I've created a generation of people who will never not struggle. And that's scary. So I'm glad DPI came out with this. Now, what can we do to help the parent, right, outside of school, help the parent so that the teacher doesn't have to do that? How can we help the parent make sure their kids read and write? Well, y'all got cousins and sisters and you know, nieces and nephews, check on them. Pick up the phone and call them. Hey, what y'all doing? Everything good? Is everything all right? Y'all need some help. Check with the parent first. Hey, I'm calling your son, calling your daughter, checking on them, making sure that, hey, come on. I'm just saying. It can't be that hard. 
even though I know it's hard. I know it's hard. It can't be that hard. So let's go with what Mercedes said. Let's stick together within reason. You know, you got to protect your kids, make sure knuckleheads out here. And what can we do to make sure children learn how to read? This is a step forward. DPI is a step forward. 833-212-1017 is the number. It was Mercedes' fault that I didn't get to my top five and five when I was supposed to. And then Gary called me asinine. So I guess he thought he hurt my feelings or something. Like nobody's called me something worse. But hey, Gary. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Don't touch that dial. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tune in to the award-winning 101.7 The Truth tonight at 6 o'clock p.m. as we celebrate black history, culture, and our influence across the state of Wisconsin. In this show, you'll hear in-depth interviews with Brewers Associate Manager Ricky Weeks, as well as Marquette Head Coach for Basketball, Shaka Smart. Tori Lowe also narrates an audio essay titled Playing Quarterback While Black. Featuring Jeremy White, son of Packers legend Reggie White. Again, that's Black History Month always tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth. The Truth Celebration of Black History Month, sponsored by Tayback Law, Educators Credit Union, Freighter, and the Medical College of Wisconsin, along with American Family Insurance. 833-212-1017 is the number. Security Mike, what you want? What's going on? How you doing, my guy? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, evidently, hey man, where, where evidently, I'm asinine. Thing, man? E- evidently, I'm asinine, so I don't know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> I said, where did we go wrong with this reading thing, man? I think when we came up with stuff like new math, new ways of reading, uh, people feeling as if um, because of whatever was happening in the household and in the neighborhood and then culture, black kids and, and Hispanic kids were struggling to learn, they just dumbed it down. Yeah, we it's getting out of hand, man. Cause yeah. you, you fast forward five or ten years, we're gonna have some adults, grown adults out here that can't read and yep. stuff, man. Yep. It's gonna be serious, man. Very true. Um why don't they uh add a teacher in these classrooms that just focuses only focuses on reading. Kids well, are slow at that, just only focus on that. Well teachers are are adept at at teaching reading at that grade, you know, contrary to I mean, complaining, add a teacher just for that purpose. No, 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 because you have to integrate it you and everything. So? That no, because because mm. because one, you got to pay for it. Two, you have to you need to integrate it into everything they do, and so you know it it, it has to become really it has become a lifestyle as it relates to reading. You know, reading at home in the wow. newspapers. Reading, reading, you know, while you're <laughs> using the bathroom, all that stuff, right? You got to read. And and we have to make it enjoyable and make them love it. And I think that that yeah. that's why that teacher, you know, that, that primary grade teacher is so important 
and reading is so important, and they're losing it. Turn your yeah, radio I think down. The kids got to take some onus too, because I kept the sports page with me and a Mad magazine. I, I read Mad Mad. I don't know if you remember that. Yes, I do. So. I had the Mad Book, and I had the uh, the, the sports section. And and, and and what was you your know, favorite so. part of it? Spy versus spy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, we we had uh, the NBA. I kept the new. We had the NBA and the ABA. Yep. So I, that? I was I read up on the ABA and the NBA. Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, baby. You know, Seventy Sixers and Indiana Squires. Yep. Uh, yeah. San Antonio Spurs, Denver yeah. Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, and now look at him. It was man, it was going on. But Dr. J played with the Nets, you know. So, yeah. man, I don't Virginia Squires. I mean, we 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 kept something in our pockets that we read in sports, reading sports books or comic books. Yeah, but I you mean, actually kids, knew how to read. Kids got to step up to the plate too. But it's the phones <laughs> instead of a newspaper, or something or a sports section. They they on the phone. Yeah, but you got to know how to read. You know, and that's why they went to I video because now you don't have to know how to read. You can watch the video. Now you don't have to know how to read. Yep. It's sad. So maybe that's where the drop off. Yep. That's where the drop yep. off yep. begin then. And yes, I it hope is. it gets better. If not, we're going to be in a world of trouble out here in these streets. Uh, <laughs> can serious. I can I make one serious suggestion? Security Mike. Yep. Yep. We're already in trouble. Yeah, we already are. All right. You're right, Dr. Ken. All right. Keep up the good work. Take care, brother. You too. 833-212-1017 is the number. Number five. A Milwaukee police officer, you heard about it, got struck in the face by a pro-Palestinian demonstrator at a smog group of protesters came in and interrupted a uh, private Milwaukee fundraiser for U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin this past Sunday. Baldwin officials said the campaign called the Milwaukee Police Department after about 20 protesters burst into a birthday fundraiser for Baldwin, who's 62, at the downtown 3rd Street Market Hall. Members of the group who were protesting the Middle East crisis did not have tickets to the event. So sources said one of the officers who responded to the call was punched by a protester after she, called, after she asked him about his ethnicity, to which point I wouldn't have answered anyway, but um, the teacher said he had a Palestinian background. I'm sorry, the officer said he had a Palestinian, see where my brain is. The officer said he had a Palestinian background and the female demonstrator hit him, saying he was on the wrong side of the dispute. Striking a police officer is never acceptable. Spokesperson for Baldwin said on Sunday, a group of protesters barged into an event they were not invited to. They were asked to leave, refused. Police were called, protesters were removed, and they went on further. Milwaukee officer was not injured. He was injured, but not seriously. It's not known if the protester was arrested. Why wouldn't the protester be arrested? Why? Why wouldn't the protester be arrested? I don't get it. Number four. So, from fox6now.com, the FBI is investigating a Waukesha solar installation company. They executed a warrant. FBI is investigating a Waukesha solar installation company for fraud, according to a warrant application filed by a special agent of the Milwaukee Field Division this past December. So, Sun Badger Solar closed in early 2023, leaving customers on the hook for solar panels that were never finished, never installed. Among them is the Trickle Bee Cafe, a nonprofit that allows customers to pay whatever they can for a meal. 
the eco-conscious cafe contracted with Sun Badger Solar for an installation of 29 solar panels in its effort to go coal-free. We're almost at zero waste. We have one trash bag a week, and in 2021, solar panels were put up. Fast forward to February 2024, and their solar panels remain dormant. They paid Sun Badger Solar, get this, $35,000. Within months of the panel's installation, radio silence. They tried to reach the company, and Sun Badger Solar's work failed inspection. The panels weren't activated, and now they're stuck holding the bag. Oh, well. Number three. Uh, Two candidates are challenging the mayor today in the mayor's race. I voted first, went to the poll where I worked. They only had six people at 1230, so needless to say, the primary election is uh, Leisha Griffin, I'm sorry, Aisha Griffin and David D. King are running against incumbent Cavalier Johnson. I'm 99.99999% sure um, Cavalier Johnson has absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing to fear. Number two. Well, I found this story on CNN.com. You know, I don't know if what you know about gymnastics, but Fisk was the first HBCU to have a gymnastics team. But the sport still struggles with diversity. So Naima Muhammad was first introduced to gymnastics at age nine when her parents signed her up for a community gym in Rochester, New York. She became passionate about the sport, competed locally and statewide with other gymnasts. But over years, one thing consistently stood out with every team and competition she was one of the few blacks participating and it was hard always looked up to the older girls who were doing gymnastics but they weren't there weren't a lot of older girls who looked like me she says she was inspired to keep competing after watching gabby douglas become the first black gymnast to win an olympic gold individual all-around title in 2012 and now muhammad is a gymnast at fisk university the first historically black college to have an ncaa gymnastics team i went from being on a team of one black girl to a team with a bunch of girls who look like me the current team is made up of 24 gymnasts from all over the country led by coach kareen tarver a former university of georgia gymnast at uga tarver became the first black gymnast to win an ncaa all-around championship so hats off and bravo to fist university Number one. Well, you heard about it a few weeks ago. Um, One of the suspects charged with sexually assaulting a woman on the UWM campus pled not guilty today. Um, The court ordered Brendan Hoover to stand trial on those charges. According to a criminal complaint, Hoover and another man were drinking with the woman at the landmark bowling lanes earlier this month. The complainant says the two men took her back to the Kenilworth Square apartments near Farwell Avenue and Kenilworth Place and had sex with her. The other man charged in the case of Heaven L. Parker was also scheduled to be in court today, but his hearing was delayed because he does not have an attorney. Both are charged with second-degree sexual assault. 833-212-1017 is the number. I'll go straight to the phones. Francine, you're on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. How are you? 
Yes, fine. How are you, sir? I'm good. Yes, um, I usually don't call to the radio stations, but I needed to. I listened to the gentleman uh, talk about the need for reading teachers. I am a licensed reading teacher, and I also have a master's in literacy, and there is a need for reading teachers. Um, I, I heard you speak about the uh, like reading is integrated in all subjects. That is true. However, as reading teachers, we can uh, find strategies Correct. to help a student. Yes, find, find different strategies to help students that are struggling. But you're right. A lot of them, you know, uh, need to have help from the home. Uh, so I'm going to go back into tutoring to mm. see if I can uh, help more students. I know I can help them. Uh, I taught for Cardinal Stritch for six or seven years, and you know that closed down. Right. But we had a very great um, literacy program. I was taught by some of the yes, best they did. instructors. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. But, uh, but, you're, but I enjoy listening to uh, some of the things that you're talking about. Again, normally I don't talk on the air, but this is uh, something that I needed to say about reading, you know, and I'm here to pr- promote, you know, reading teachers. Like we're needed back in the schools. We're, we're really needed. And, again, we can really uh, help students to decode words. There's so many different strategies we, we have for students. There are some students that have dyslexia, uh, autism, mm-hmm. so, many, so many different spectrums that are, that are across the board now that are causing a lot, some need glasses, you know, that are causing the students not to be able to read. And also comprehension, that's the big one. Vocabulary and comprehension, if they can get that, that, that's the big one. Uh, Understanding, background knowledge, if they can have more of that, I think think that will really help. So I just wanted to say that. But let me ask you a technical question, Francine, if if I may. Sure. The a priori knowledge that a kid has is something that the the reading specialist like doesn't know. So how do you help a kid when when they can learn how to read but they don't have the prior knowledge, those experiences, watching TV, hearing words, yeah. seeing yeah. words but not really knowing what they are, yeah. and then connecting the dots? Because that's what a great, right. in, in my mind, that's what a great reading specialist would do. You connect the dots so they can go, ah, have the eureka moment yeah. and learn how to read. Yeah, that's that's what we do. Uh, we also test diagnostically. Mm-hmm. We test, do a lot of testing to see where they are. Everybody's uh, learn, you know, their uh, the way they learn is different. Some are visual learners, some are audio. Right. But the main thing, you know, to help people, children to read better is to build up that self esteem. Because if you're tearing, you know, if you're saying you can't do it, and they think in their mind they can't do it. But if you have, like, an audio type of thing, like you were saying, and then, like I said, they have a lot of compute, uh, audio um, uh, programs like uh, Starfall.com. Right. That's very visual and audio, and a lot of, the, a lot of some of my students are like, wow. You know, so, um, but you're right. Technically, we're the ones that help them to bring the dots together. Right. That, and that's our job. And, and you said to enjoy reading, yep. you know, and to build, and build up self-esteem. So, so that's what we're, that's what we do. That's our, that's our job. That's what we're called to do to, to help, you know, to help the young people, to help the babies. And also, and also adults, some of the adults need mm-hmm. uh, literacy and, and training, you know, so I, and I'm glad that we are having that discussion. So if maybe somebody else is hearing some other reading teachers may be out there nodding their heads like, yeah, we're, we need to come back into the schools uh, even more. But again, the challenge is to, to have the parents 
to come on board and to also to help to help us and and that and that's going to help a lot when you're um, ready to start your um tutoring give us a call back so we can help you out okay i sure will All i right. will get i sure will what's your name again dr ken harris Doctor, okay, Dr. Ken Harris, and I'm Francine McNeil Harris. Okay, maybe we're related. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. All Dr. right, Harris. take care. Okay, okay, you too. 833-212-1017 is the number. Jeffrey, you're on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth. How you doing, Dr. Harris? I'm good. Okay. Um, I don't want to talk too long on this phone. On, on the air, usually this is my second time calling in to you, but I'm going to have to agree with Mr. Gary Lawson on what he was saying because a lot of stuff that goes on in school, unless you are there when it comes to reading and working with these kids, me, myself being a special ed teacher, I see it every day. You might wonder why some of the kids cannot read. That uh, There are reasons why they cannot read. Right. They need to learn how to read by a certain grade, if they're not there, Mm -hmm. it's going to be harder for them to get on track. The parents have to realize that being a teacher, as myself, I've worked with them one-on-one in small group as well. When I decided to retire from the military, I wanted to give back to my community, so I went into MPS to find out what was the need there. I, as you know, that we have this hiccup in MPS almost every single day. Mm-hmm. Me, Mike, and the teachers, I know the teachers I work, I didn't know what was going on, but I know what's going on now. We have a lot of t- a lot of kids that's uh, special ed. Absolutely, we have a lot of kids. We have a lot of kids that have not been diagnosed yet. So let me ask you a question: Why are there special ed kids in the in the same room with kids who are not special ed? Repeat the question, please. Are special ed? Let me just ask the question then: Are special ed kids mainstreamed with everybody else? Yes. So why is that? They have to be. Why? One of the reason one of the reason is that the way things are set up in MPS, that student needs to get the same type of instruction that the non special ed But they can't uh, do the instruction. Get. They literally can't do but the instruction. The thing about it, that's where I come in to play uh Dr. Harris. But you're I disrupting the classes out. and I can't and the classes are too big. I'm 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 repeating what other people said on the air. And the classes are too big, and I got to deal with all these students, and I have an assistant. I don't think you can. I I disagree with you. Yes, you can. The reading proficiency test is proving that MPS cannot. I understand that. That's the reason why the special ed teachers dare to help those students to read. But if they're in a classroom disrupting the mainstream kids, right? Dr. Harris, see, you mentioned the point. You got you got uh, non-special students that cannot read, right? And why you want to separate 
the special ed student from the one that is not special ed. Well, then let's separate the non-special ed kids from the special ed kids. I mean, either way, whoever's being the most disruptive and or needs the most help, let's isolate them, put them in small groups so they can learn better. Why is that a problem? I don't think that's a problem. We That's the reason why we have small groups for that. Okay. Well, it's not, it doesn't seem to be working because the kids are not learning. So, And, and the well, tests that they take prove it. That's the only data we have to go by. I think that there is more than just that test, Dr. Harris, that the MPS used to help kids to read. You got to have the parents. You got to have the books at home. You got to have structure at home as well as the structure as in MPS. Correct. I agree. So you, 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 it seems like to me you're trying to put everything on MPS teachers. That's the reason why the kids cannot read. I'm not dumping it on teachers. I'm saying that you at, okay. You're, if you're going to perceive that I said something and I can't change it or say anything about it, okay. You're right. I'm, I'm just <laughs> trying to get you to understand that there are hiccups, you know, in the structure. I understand that. However, it could be – right, right. It could be resolved. But then why isn't it resolved? We haven't got there yet. Dr. What do you mean Harris? you haven't got there yet? Every single year you get a new kid. Every three, four, five years you get a new set of kids. Why isn't it being fixed? We have generations of kids that cannot read. Well, I just got there uh, five years ago, Doctor Harris. It's your fault now, then. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. And and, and I guarantee and, 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 and I guarantee you that. I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, Uh that those kids and those teachers is going to be improved where I'm at. I hope so. Where I'm at, but yes, Jeffrey, I believe that. I really believe that. Jeffrey, I gotta go, but here's what I want you to do. You ready? I want every single teacher that always complains about what I say. My goal in life is for you to prove me wrong and help those kids read. I'm going to prove you wrong. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you for serving. Thank you. And I appreciate you for serving our kids in school. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Take care, brother. All right now. If you're a veteran, join the Soldiers to Civilians Self-Care Sunday free bi-weekly group wellness session for the local veteran community. Every other Sunday at the Sherman Phoenix from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Learn more at ShermanPhoenix.com or at 262-228-6021. You are listening to Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Talking text line, uh, Mercedes said, I think we need to be honest with ourselves and have conversations about adult literacy. If the child's primary caretaker struggles with literacy, the chances are greater the child they're caring for will also. I'm kind of paraphrasing. There's no perfect rhyme or reason, but we can work together as schools, barbershops, parents, um, caregivers, etc. We at, and then she mentions a center with adults so that they can obtain their GED and offer literacy-based activities to families. And I think it's called Joyce's House Education Center. So why don't you teach them high school equivalency instead of GED? Because it's harder or because it takes longer? That's my challenge to you, Mercedes. Ease them into high school equivalency. So, 833-212-1017 is the number. Before and after the top five at five, we were talking to um, folks about reading and and um, special ed and all sorts of things that have to do with MPS and learning and all that, all based on the DPI uh, creating the book list so that we can teach kids phonics. And I think that's going to be breakthrough because I knew bad kids, ED kids, all sorts of stuff when I was growing up and no, it wasn't as bad and no, there weren't as many issues when I was growing up. However, um, phonics had a, had a, did a great job at teaching kids who struggle how to read to read. So I think the teachers have their, their, their hands full. Um, we've got Michael and Nicole hanging on. We're going to try to get to them as soon. Well, you know what? Let me, let, me, let me talk to Michael and then Nicole if you can hold on. Michael, you're on the award-winning 101.7 The Truth. How you doing, bro? Hey, what's up? Well, you the man. You know, I used to do a radio show until I learned the difference between ignorance and stupidity, and then I had to give it up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I, I bless you, brother. But but let me explain this. Your, you know, the last uh, text you read was correct. But you mentioned NPS can't do it. I say NPS won't do it. In 2010, when the federal government declared that NPS had the lowest fourth grade reading proficiency rates for black children in the United States of America, Canada, Central America, Cuba, and every place else. Your then governor came up with a task force. But Howard Fuller came up with a plan, and he enlisted volunteers, including me, went to Cardinal Stritch, got some reading specialists. Yep. We coordinated a program yep. in which we raised the grade point level in reading and English and the reading proficiency rate by one full year in eight weeks. MPS was a part of it until the following year when they said they wanted to take over the program. Yep. We said no because you, you have a history of failure. So don't say you can't do it. And don't say your governor, governor is the education governor either. The reality is we can do it despite the obstacles if we have the will. That's right. You're so now, very right. I can check that history. 
Anybody can check that history. And if you check that history and are not upset by what's going on now, then it's on you. You're the reason why our kids can't read. All right. Thank you much. No, I, did it for, I, I did my vending for the week. <laughs> All right. Take care. <laughs> okay. Have a good one. Right. All right. For those of you who don't know who that is, that's Michael Holt. But anyway. So I, I, and, and we saw what happened to Howard Fuller. Right. Got booted out as superintendent because the teachers didn't like him because they actually his his ideas actually worked. It's just it's just a weird microcosm of. Idiocy. I don't know. Don't touch that dial. More of Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. This is Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Hey, y'all. Friday, we're going to have the last of the 2024 Black History Female Inventors Challenge. We talked about um, Alice H. Parker, who in 1919 patented the precursor of what we now know as the HVAC system and buildings and houses and all that. Then we talked about the second black woman to receive a U.S. patent, her invention of... Something that kept her married to her husband. A fallout bed. <laughs> Go to another room. Sarah E. Good did that one. And then Lida D. Newman revolutionized hair care by creating the synthetic bristle brush. And so we have our last question coming up Friday, 4.30-ish uh, on February 23rd. And we'll talk about um, someone that invented something who's female. You got to be here to win. You'll win a truth prize pack and free Concordia red elephant chocolate. So there you go. I'm just saying 833-212-1017 is the number. Nicole, you're on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. Good afternoon or evening now. Um, I was just calling to let, you, to let you know I have a daughter that's in special education at MPS. And uh, her special ed teacher works with her in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I know it's, it sounds like it would be a distraction, but what her special ed teacher does is she works with her during the work time. So when they, she's there during the special ed teacher's there during the lesson, and then while the children are all working on it, she is there to give my daughter extra help. Okay. And to help her work through whatever right. it is. And something else with the testing like her test numbers don't show that her improvement. Like the tests might have one thing, but they're not made for every student. Correct, because they don't show comprehension, so, they don't show growth, they, any of those things. Right. Yeah, and so right. even though her numbers are still improving at every test level, it's not improving, you know, at her grade. But she's in she's in Montessori so she does have a little more freedom yeah, within yeah. the classroom mm-hmm. but and that's very helpful but um i think another challenge with the teachers is i know this upcoming april there's going to be on the ballot for 
MPS to get more money. Right. And I, you know, I know at my school, my daughter's school, they are going to lose some teachers' aides if they don't get that money. Now they're not special ed teachers, but that takes away from the teachers that are in the classroom and the teachers' aides that also. They work with my daughter all the time, even though they're not specifically special ed teachers. And so that taking, not focusing on all the aspects that help special ed or helping kids to read or any of the things that they learn in school, it's sure the paraprofessionals, the teacher aides are not specifically special ed teachers, but they still do a whole lot of work with those kids. And my, my daughter has so many teachers because so many of I'm we're so fortunate. Mm-hmm. My husband and I always talk about how lucky we are that we came to Milwaukee when we did because we were living in Chicago. There's just no way she'd be getting this kind of help there. That's true. So That's true. I, I feel, I feel, I, I know MPS does get a lot of, a lot of flack, but I don't know where we'd be without it. So All right. I well, think that's, a very important uh, thing, too. And, and I agree that parent involvement is super important. Don't get me wrong, but, I mean, teachers, teachers, aides, they're, they walk up, they're, you know, saints among us. They're angels. We're so fortunate. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate so, it. Yeah. Thank you. I love listening to your program. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. So there to all you people who say I always holler at people and disagree with them. So there, nah, but <laughs> that's pretty childish. But 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 I understand what she's saying. Um, I I I agree, but not but I agree and still hold on to the fact that when we get if we get two hundred and fifty three million dollars, two hundred fifty two million, whatever it is. In addition, will it go to just teachers? Because I think that's a mistake. There's got to be technology. There's got to be all sorts of things we can use in order to create a better system for kids to learn how to read, write, and do arithmetic. Now, part of the issue is that we don't teach writing anymore. So that's a whole other issue. Because how can you learn to read if you can't write it? And how can you learn to write if you can't read it? And typing it, I don't know what that connection is. So I'm out to get in the school and get with some some education professionals. No, I do not want to talk to any superintendents whatsoever. Because you are not in the classroom and y'all know what y'all doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Um, I, I want to talk to some paraprofessionals and I want to talk to some actual teachers that have one year, five year, 10 year, 20 year, right? Or maybe eight, one year. Eight years and 15 years on. Talk to the three of those where I can learn what's going on and how it's gotten from one point to the other. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Tori Lowe Show is coming up next. I will see you in about 22 hours. Hey, remember, if you ever miss one of your favorite truth shows like mine, be sure to listen back by streaming us on the Truth app, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. God bless. Take care. Thank you, Rhea. Appreciate you. I'm out.